0: First class fatherhood, that is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast.
1: And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. And I swear,
0: by the moon and the stars and the stars, I'll be Like the shadow that's
1: by your side Welcome everybody to episode 715 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy and honored as always to be here with you guys and we are going back to the 90s today. That's right. Jamie Jones joins me on the podcast. He is the creator and lead singer of All for One who had the smash hit song, I Swear, back in the early 90s. I remember listening to this song in eighth grade. It's it's amazing how music can take you back to a certain period of time uh, in your life. That's what music provides, and that is exactly what All For One provided. All For One has more than 20 million records sold. They are a Grammy award-winning group, one of the most celebrated pop and R&B groups or acts of all time. They are continuing to tour the world right now with their I Love the 90s tour. They do have new music dropping later this year. It really is an honor to have them on the podcast today. Jamie Jones will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Jamie Jones was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So we you want to watch the conversation between the lead singer of All For One and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys enjoyed today's interview and you're interested in some of the other boy band dads that I've had on the podcast here, uh, Boys to Men's Sean Stockman stopped by the podcast, as well as Backstreet Boys' Nick Carter, A.J. McLean. Brian Littrell stopped by the show with his son, Bailey Littrell. That was a really great interview. In syncs Chris Kirkpatrick has been here, 98 Degrees, Jeff Timmons, and many others. So if you're into the music scene, you want to hear some of the music dads, go through the archives of the show. You'll find plenty of dads who have stopped by the podcast here to chat it up with me. I hope all of you dads out there had a chance to enjoy your Father's Day. I made a couple of uh, media appearances over the weekend. I was on Sean Hannity's radio program. I was on The Bottom Line over on Fox Business. I was also on Newsmax Sunday Report. And just yesterday, I I was on with Carl Higby, Carl Higby frontline on Newsmax as well. I've uploaded some of those over to my Rumble channel. So if you want to check out those appearances, you can. It was an honor to be on with Carl Higby. I've had over 70 Navy SEALs on the podcast here. Carl Higby was the very first Navy SEAL that I interviewed on the podcast. So so cool to now join him on his new show on Newsmax. He's really crushing it over there. I wish him all the best. And guys, right now, MyPillow is gearing up for their 4th of July sale. Take advantage of all of the sales and savings going on over there right now, and you can add to it by using the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout. So get over to MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout. Save even more on your entire order. All right, and as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast, every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Father's Day continues to be every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with Jamie Jones on First Class Father. And I swear
0: by the moon and the stars and the stars, I'll be.
1: Shadow that's by your side. joining me now first class father jamie jones welcome to first class fatherhood hey thank you so much for having me well it's a pleasure to have you here let's start like this how many kids do you have how old are they i got three kids
0: uh my oldest is
1: 25
0: uh 24 and 21 three boys
1: Wow, very cool. Uh, So all of them all through college now, or uh, where where, where are they at in their lives here? What are they doing? What are they up to?
0: Well, everybody's still in school. So I got two in grad school. So I got one in med school, one in in law school, and then my youngest is at USC in business school.
1: Wow. Wow. Awesome stuff, Jamie. If you could, please, uh, for those that don't know, just take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
0: All right. Well, I am the lead singer of a group called All for One. I actually um started the group back in 1993. Um we are actually celebrating 30 years this year. Um we're still touring and 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 releasing new music and uh doing a, you know, a whole lot of stuff still and um I'm also a songwriter and producer. I have a production company called The Heavyweight, so I I do a lot of work with Disney and uh, Nickelodeon and, you know, working with kids and but also working
1: with um, artists that you've heard and and things of that nature as well. Yeah, obviously, you guys have had an incredibly successful career uh, with all for one. So before I get into that, if you could just take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey there. I think you said your oldest was in 25, somewhere around there. How old were you when you first became a dad? Where were you at with your career and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life?
0: I was twenty. war, I believe. And, um, and just had just gotten married and, um, you know, and at that point we were still touring and, and life was still pretty crazy, you know, and, and having a, a son just kind of changed everything, you know, cause now, now my wife and I have this little, this little tiny person who every time they look at us, they're completely dependent on us for every, every need, every single need, you know, and just learning, you know. I mean, we were young. I mean, we were rolling in the movie theater, man, with a two-month-old, <laughs> see Batman and, you know, all this other stuff that after we kind of had kids, you know, our other kids were like, maybe we probably shouldn't do that, huh? You know, and, and it was just a trip just figuring out that that balance of, you know, me being on the road so much and my wife being home caring for, you know, our son and, and then also too, you know, my wife and I love to be together. So I would take her with me and my son with me to as many shows as, you know, they could come to. So, you know, traveling on an airplane with a very, very small child, you know, and showing up at the venues and people like, wow, isn't that baby a little small to be out right now? I'm like, no, he's
1: good. You know? So yeah, it's it's amazing, too. It's funny because I when I told my wife that I was uh, going to speak to you today, she right away uh, put on I swear, singing all the songs. <laughs> I mean, we we were in like uh like 8th grade when that when that song came out and it's like such a, a you know big part of high school and everything for us. So, uh it, it's it's amazing. We we're, we're just as far away uh from 1990 as 1990 was to 1957. So, it's like it's, it's it's amazing how quick all of this has happened and how like the music we grew up with is now that far in the past, but you guys bring, you know, you have the, I love the nineties tours that go on. What is the response you get when you guys are still doing these tours from, from the fans? Man, the response is amazing. I mean, you know, the, the, the
0: cool part about it is I remember like when my mom was older, right. And she would throw her music on and, and we would call it old school. Right. And yeah. like, I don't want to hear that old stuff, but, but actually I liked it actually, you know, and, um, and the funny thing is kind of how, how you're saying that 1957, <laughs> that's crazy. But we've become the new old school, you know? And But the difference, though, is, like, I'm 48. I'm going to be 49 this year. Like, when my dad was 48, he looked 48. You know what I'm saying? Right, like yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was walking around with Stacey Adams on and a top hat and a three-piece suit. And, you know, he uh, nowadays you see folks, you know, our generation. And I just feel like we all still look and feel so young, you know? And so it's like at these shows, man, everybody is having an adult night that kids are having, you know, they got babysitters and everybody's just coming out and just remembering that simpler time, man, when, when none of us had responsibilities, our only responsibility was going to school and having a girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, those are great times. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think everybody loves their children and loves these times as well. But sometimes it's good, man, to just go down memory lane. And 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 for us, it's always super cool to be a part of that. You know, when people decide that, yo, let's let's go back, man, to our high school days or our junior high school days or you know, lookout point or whatever it was you were doing when our music came out,
1: you know? So it's and, been fun. It, and, and nothing does that more than music does, obviously. M- music will just put you in a, It's almost like a time machine for everybody when they do it. But, you know, I, I and, and to your point, I mean, I, I grew up, my father had me when he was 50 years old. He was born in 1930. So he grew up in a completely different generation. And he was, at, right. he was a, a stand-in singer for Eddie Fisher in the 50s. Wow. So his style of music that I grew up listening to was all that Frank Sinatra and all that style music that I enjoy now. Today, I still enjoy. But it's funny because I'll be in the car with my kids and it's we have the 90s the 90s are always playing, and it's uh, now they, they get it a little bit more now that they, they seem to you know now they'll put it on 90s songs on their own, which is pretty cool to see them do. Uh, what 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 about your kids? Uh, do your kids ever put? Do they put your music on? Do they put on 90s? What kind of music do your kids listen to?
0: You know, it's so funny, right? So when we were when we were, when my kids were super young and they wanted to hear their stuff, I would put it on because it was the only way to keep them from crying, right? <laughs> and But then as they got older, I was like, all right, now I'm going to make y'all listen to my music, right? And they like, you know, my wife and my kids like, oh, oh, your music is old. It's old. We don't want to hear your old music. I'm like, well, yeah, you don't have a choice. It's my car and I'm driving. You listen to what I play, right? And the funny thing is now all of them separately, they all have like their 90s playlists, and I'll hear them singing songs and singing all the words. And I'm like, how do you know that? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and my, my youngest, so, you know, he's, he's, he just really started driving. And, and so he and I, every morning we get up, and we drive to work and I drive with him. We get on the freeway. So he knows, I don't want to hear all his hip hop stuff, it, unless it's old school hip hop. Like I don't right. really want to hear it, but he'll put on his playlist that he knows I like. And it'll have some of our songs and Whitney Houston and Boys to Men and you know and Run DMC and like all the stuff like that. I love Biggie and you know and and then I'll hear him singing all the words. So I'm like, okay, so you're not only listening to this when you and I are together. Like you're listening to this. He knows all of it. So they love coming to the shows and they have a good time and they're friends with all the artists. So they love '90s music.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you mentioned their boys to men. Like I, I've had Sean Stockman on the show here and I've had a bunch of the other guys too, like Jeff Timmons from 98 degrees and uh, a lot of the backstreet boys and, and insane guys. I enjoy doing the conversations because it's what I, I, I was around listening to, you know, growing up. So it's so cool uh, for me, but well, let me, let me bring it back in into in you as a dad for a second, if I could, Jamie, What what would you consider to be the top values that you had hoped to instill in all of your kids as they were growing up? Um, that a, Anything worth having takes hard work.
0: Nothing comes easy or free. As my dad used to say to me, and I'm sure your dad said to you, if it were easy, everyone would do it, right? And and to me, the biggest thing I think I tried to instill in my children is find your passion and chase it like there's no tomorrow. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who I know my age who are stuck at jobs doing things that they absolutely hate. And, and of course, you know, there's that also that saying that says, when you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Like for me, I love what I do. I love, you know, whether I'm in the studio or I'm on the stage, like I love it. And, and I just want to make sure that my kids find whatever it is that they love, because the truth of it is when it's something you're super passionate about, when it gets hard, you'll stick with it. You'll find a way to get through it. But when it's, you know, something that you just hate and it comes easy to you, you know, you'll feel like you're at a dead end place, like you'll feel like your life isn't going anywhere. And I don't you know, I want my kids to be better than me. I want them to do greater things than I've ever done. But the only way you can do that is if you find what it is you're passionate about
1: and you really chase it and and, and be the best. Yeah, v- very well said, Jamie. And, and, and to be honest, doing what you do now uh the music industry becoming a musical artist has changed completely just the way we consume music i don't know the last time i bought a cd and it's hard to believe to even yeah. say that that was like a, such a big thing you know and now nobody does that we, we consume it all through streaming uh all through spotify and this, this is the way we all consume music and the way artists can get discovered today is far different i would imagine as well a lot of guys they, they can put they can showcase themselves on social media youtube so in your opinion what is the best way for a, a, a young aspiring artist to try to break through?
0: I tell every artist, I'm like, listen, you is basically what you just said. These kids now have tools we never had. You no, know, back in the day, for me, the way I got discovered literally was every weekend I was singing somewhere. Whether it was I I, I sang at funerals, weddings, bar mitzvahs, didn't even know what they were, talent shows, like anywhere I could sing to try to. Get discovered, so that someone could see me. But now these kids, they have tools. They have a full music studio in their computers. You know, they've got basically their own TV show. You know, with YouTube and all the social media things. And and now a lot of the record companies, the way they're finding these artists is through like TikTok and through Instagram and all of those things. So my thing is, whatever you have at your disposal, whatever it is, you have that that can help you get to where you're trying to go, then use it. So you got these social media platforms. Don't just use it for silly stuff. You know, make sure that if you're a singer and people are going through your Instagram or whatever it is, that they know you're a singer because half of those tiles, or if not most of them, are you using your gift and showing what you can do. And then the other thing I also say too is, and I've seen this quite a bit. I've seen a lot of kids who actually who have gotten signed from YouTube and Instagram, but have never sung in front of people. They've only sung in front of the cameras on their phones, right? And then you get them in front of people and they're like, <laughs> you know, it's a deer in, in headlights. So I also say, listen, and outside of using all the tools you have at your disposal, you know, you really, if, if you want to do this and you really need to work on your craft, so you do need to try to find opportunities, whether it's coffee shops, whether it's small restaurants, whether it's singing in church, talent shows, whatever it is, you do need to try to find opportunities to get out in front of an audience and and learn how to work an audience, you know, learn what to do if the song you're singing is something that nobody knows and and they they seem disinterested or they, they seem like they're on their phone. Well, how can you get their attention back? I know how to do it. It's through your performance, but I've been doing it now for 30 years, you know? So I tell all these kids, you need to get out there. You need to learn how to do that and, and work on everything at the same time.
1: Yeah. And I would argue too, it's not just singing in front of other people. It's just, so sometimes it's just conversations with, with this uh, younger generation. Sometimes if you talk to somebody that's in the store and you ask them a question, they kind of get a little freaked out that you're talking <laughs> to them. It's like, yes. you know, I just, Hey, where's the men's aisle? You know, they they get all freaked out, like, you know, and so uh, I would imagine, yeah, singing it for, but they, I I agree that I don't think there's ever been a better, uh, there's more opportunity because of what these devices have offered. It's just unfortunate that on the same side of this, uh, it, it can absolutely kill your ambition. I mean, there's people that spend hours a day on TikTok, just flipping through and just just being on autopilot, it seems like, yeah. but if, if you can kind of control that and use it for good, boy, the opportunities are really uh, uh, unlimited.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you you said it, dude. I mean, so so many of these kids are antisocial, even though they spend so much time on social media. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and, crazy. And a lot, yeah, and a lot of them will do exactly what you're saying: spend more time just flipping through, looking at what everybody else is doing, rather than being an
1: innovator and making sure people are flipping through to see what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And then, how about as far as um. How about as far as discipline goes? I know they're older now, they're all in college are doing their thing, but growing up, what type of disciplinarian were you as a father with the three boys and is that different than the discipline style you grew up with?
0: So it it is different than the discipline style I grew up with, but I was definitely a drill sergeant. Like, I didn't play because, you know, my thing to my wife is we have to have a healthy balance of love and discipline. And And, and to me, I learned that that it takes as much love to discipline as it does to love because it was very important for me, especially knowing that I'm on the road as much as I am and and as much as I was when they were younger, it was very important to me that when I'm gone, that they will respect their mom or their grandparents or whoever is watching them and in charge, as well as the fact that, you know, I grew up in a household where my brothers and sisters and uncles were in and out of jail and always getting in trouble. Right. And, even though we all used to get spankings, I ended up going a different route than they went. But I also realized that I had a healthy fear of my father. I had a healthy fear of if I bring a, an F home, I'm going to have to get locked in the room with this guy. And he was a military guy. He was very by the book, but very stringent. And, but I also know that it helped shape and mold me and who I am today. And it also helped me realize that the discipline I have in this house for my children is, even though it might seem harsh to some, it'll never be as harsh as the world's discipline on them once they get out of this house. And I, to me, it seems like a lot of children today don't have a clue of right and wrong, or or, or, or of just knowing that you know, if you do something positive, then you'll get positive things back. But if you do something negative, then only negative things are going to come back at you. So I, a lot of my friends and folks like that thought I was hard. I did used to spank my children, but nothing horrible, but just like I did growing up. Now I wasn't, my dad had a razor strap, you know, my, my mom had whatever was close to her or would make us hand me a knife and tell me to go get a switch off the tree in the backyard, right? I never did like that with my children. But at the end of the day, it was very important for my children to understand that there are consequences to all of their actions. So if they decide to go to school and act a fool, then they're gonna have to come home and see me at some point. And they had to understand in the midst of making whatever decision that they were about to make, they had to understand that if I do this, then this may happen. And if I make this decision, Then maybe then this will happen. And and I made sure and my wife made sure, you know, that we had that healthy balance between the two of us of a making sure our children felt they were loved. But like I said, also making sure they knew that there would be consequences for each of their actions if their actions were not positive. But there would also be praise for the, the good decisions that they made.
1: And Jamie, I I would say that like 90 percent of the people that I bring on here will testify that, you know, oh, my discipline style is much different than when I grew up. I grew up with Mm -hmm. the belt or I grew up with the switch or the paddle or the spanking. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that to my kids. A lot of them will say that. And I think sometimes I think maybe people will be afraid to say it because of the the negative stigma that we have attached to spanking Mm -hmm. children. So they don't even want to put it out there because I'm the same way like you. But uh, I think I, I think this generation that has gotten so soft on discipline or being afraid to discipline kids has really damaged our society. And then you combine that with the fact that so many kids are growing up without a father or a father figure in their life, with zero father discipline. I, I think yeah. that is the biggest t- that is the biggest cause of why we're seeing so much chaos in our streets yeah. in our country.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I, I see all these kids, and 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 a lot of them have no clue of the fact that if I go out and do this, then this may happen back to me because it never happened to them when they were growing up, there were never any consequences when they were bad or when they, 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 you know, kind of were running their parents instead of the opposite, you know? And, and for me, it was, it was always important. And listen, I understand that people have a stigma about it and whatnot, but look at how my generation, our generation turned out, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I, when I look at my kids now, you know, my kids are, I'm are, are, are very proud of them. And not just because they're in, you know, law school and med school and business school. I'm just proud because they're great people. They're very respectful people. They're hard workers. And they understand, you know, that they, they, they understand now why their mom and I did things the way we did. And they're grateful for it because they see some of their same friends who they grew up with who, you know, their lives are completely different been theirs you know and and a lot of them have to grow up a lot faster and a lot of them you know are not chasing their passions they're just trying to get by
1: yeah yeah very well said well uh, the, the summer is upon us here uh, you know you guys are 30 years into into all for one so what is the summer plans what's the tour schedule what do you got going on what's next for you here
0: man i mean the tour schedule is pretty crazy um i actually leave uh, tonight to go to Kettering, Ohio, and then next week we're in Napa. And, I mean, every weekend basically is like we're we're out somewhere doing something. And um, also got some international gigs coming up as well as um, uh, last year I did a tour called um, A Boy Band Christmas. It was me and, you know, three of the guys from 98 Degrees and um, my buddy from O-Town, Eric, and my buddy Ryan Cabrera. So, I don't know if we're going to do that again this year. We'll see. But I, I stay pretty busy, thank God. And Off One is very busy this year. It is our 30th. So, we're planning on releasing some music um, probably closer to the end of summer. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll be in a, a city near you. Where, where, where do we go to find out the, uh, the schedule and what you're up to? So, a couple places. You can go to offone.com, A L L, dash the number four dash O N E That's our website. Um, All of our socials and our touring schedule is there, but all of our social media um, handles are very easy. It's just all for one music, A-L-L, the number four, O-N-E music. And that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm going to drop the links in in the description of the episode so everybody can get over there and check it out. Uh, Last thing I want to hit you here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening?
0: You know, I always say that, To all my friends who tell me they're just having children, I say, listen, it'll be the best decision you've ever made. You'll never realize you actually have as much love in your heart as you do when you finally see and hold your child for the first time. And don't get me wrong. You love your girl. You love, you know, you love your wife. You you love your mate. But at the end of the day, when you see this child who, like I said, is 100% dependent on you for every single need that they have your heart just grows 10 times and and no one's really prepared for that. And I always tell all my friends, you'll never be ready. You know, you'll never have a house big enough. You'll never have enough money in the bank. Like all the things you think you need to have before that child comes, you'll never have and you'll never, ha- but, but it won't matter. Because when that child gets here, you'll have
1: everything you need, including a whole lot more love. Yeah. Really well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Jamie Jones, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high profile dads on amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.